Good morning, everyone. It is lovely to have you here joining us today. And we have today stories of motherhood. And today it is a privilege to introduce you to these incredible mums in front of me. Today we have Mandy Fitz, we've got Marilyn Murray, we've got uh, Emma Allison and Catherine DeWall. Could you please give a big hand to these gorgeous mums that have been very courageous today to come and share some stories of motherhood, um, which is really exciting. I have asked these ladies to answer some questions for me, to share a little bit with you about their journeys of motherhood. And today I would like to ask them some questions. So, Mandy, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> You're going to love this. Um, what have you learnt and are still learning about motherhood and maybe even a story about your own mum as well too in there? Um, well, I have two degrees and in the last year I reckon I've learnt more about Ellie and motherhood than I have in the five years of uni. Um, it is a very steep learning curve being a mother, but um, I've enjoyed the last six months of it. Um, from mum, I have learnt, and she's told me right from the word go, um, and I've now learnt it myself, is that mums are always right. <laughs> that is something that I've learnt. Um, she's also taught, taught me um, patience yeah. and how to be like a gentle mother to Ellie. Um, I'm also learning to put Ellie first. Now, I'm the biggest introvert there is on earth, I think. Um, if the scale is extrovert and introvert, I'm probably like over here. And I've now raised uh, an extrovert at this end. Uh, so I'm learning to be social with other people that she likes to meet in the shops, at church, anywhere that she likes to go. And I forgot to say, Mandy, tell us a little bit about, so you've got, you're married to, uh, tell us yes. every, yeah, a little bit about um, I'm married to Declan. Yep. He and I had a girl one year ago yesterday, so she turned one yesterday. Yep. I missed it on Mother's Day last year by about five days. So now Mother's Day this year is the first one that we get to celebrate. Wonderful, thank you. Marilyn, tell us a little bit about yourself before you start and, and then, um, yeah, what, are the, what have you learned? Yes, please. Of two oh. adult children oh, yep. with three grandchildren. Oh, yep, just go. Yeah, try, try again. Yep, try again. And yeah. I'm just giving her some lessons on microphone. Yep, that's it. You got that. You got that. Okay. Not new experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Well, I, I believe motherhood is a God given right. It's a, it's a privilege to be a mother. It is not to say that uh, you have to give birth. I mean, like me, I was adopted, so my mother was a wonderful person who adopted me from 10 days old and I always felt special. She always said to me, um, I chose you, everybody else got what they got. <laughs> so that, 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 <laughs> That's a great one. Just a bit closer. A bit higher again, I've gone down. It's an honour to be able to nurture and to raise a child, to train them in the way that God gave us. Proverbs 22 tells us that um, to raise a child and to train them in the way they should go. And secondly, you always be a mother no matter how long you are, how old you are, right through to adulthood, um, you're still a mother. I mean, our kids are 53 and 54 and uh, I'm still a mother and I still worry about them <laughs> and the grandchildren now. And lastly, in that, on that point, Always commit them to God every day. 
I've drifted again, I think. Every day, pray for them, that their safety, their health, and for whatever they've got going on in their life. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Um, Emma, what have you learned and are still learning about motherhood in your own mum? Well, I have three boys. They are 16, 13 and just 11. Um, and I think I'm learning that motherhood in this stage is actually choosing to be present and be a mum. Um, when my kids were little and they were screaming and there was like a fruity smell coming through the house, you kind of had no choice but to be a mum in those moments because it had to be dealt with. Um, but now motherhood is more of a choice. You, you choose to be present with your children. There might still be some fruity smells, um, <laughs> but yeah, you have to make that choice. Um, and I also um, have learned from my own mother and grandmother um, that motherhood is simply that biblical principle of loving others. Um, I had um, a very sacrificial grandmother who loved, I worked out in reflection for this, um, she actually deliberately loved five generations um, of my family in quite significant ways, um, starting with her father who returned from the war and he had, um, he had a bullet through his wrist so his bones healed back the wrong way so he could never turn his wrist again. Um, so the stuff that she did for him... Um, my own father, who was her son, um, she would cook and clean every morning on a Saturday and then while he was at footy and then he would bring the entire football team back with muddy boots and they would walk through her clean house, clean up all the cake and leave. Um, and that sounds like, oh, how did she allow that? But that was her love to allow her son, to, uh, she wanted him present in those teenage years, um, so he came with the team. Um, so, you know, funny examples, serious examples, but she was very sacrificial. Um, and then her own daughter, um, who was an unwed mother at 17, which was scandalous at the time, um, and that, that daughter was rejected by her father. She um, snuck down to feed them um, and to help raise that child. Um, so I think sacrificial love um, from my grandmother and then my mother as well. She was always thinking of us first, um, when I was about 11, we had a terrible car accident. And I think back through these memories now, she, because the, the bitumen got dug out of the road and she had no shoes on, so she had all this tar stuck to her feet and she was so busy making sure people got to hospital and everything got done. It was actually 11 o'clock that night, which was six hours later. And I, I thought about that recently and I thought she had tar stuck to the bottom of her bare feet. She was walking on for six hours because she was caring for everyone else. So it's those little stories, I think, that um, help you realise how sacrificial your mums and your grandparents have been. Mm, that's amazing. Thanks, yeah. Emma. Catherine, tell us, oh, I think you shared a couple of weeks back, but could you just, again, for the new today, tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Catherine, I'm married to Rob and I've been a mum for almost as long as Marilyn's 54 years, six months. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like what I'm learning is that motherhood begins with faith and, you know, that was modelled to me by my own mum who just, you know, intentionally shared Jesus with me. Um, yeah, just um, with songs and all sorts of different things. Um, and I think not only have I learned that motherhood begins with faith, but just uh, continually choosing faith over fear. Um, and I just want to do a shout out to those who are faced like with infertility or those who yearn to be a mum that haven't been able to or suffered a loss, because I think it can be really hard um, today. And yeah, I just want to acknowledge you guys. 
Um, For me, becoming a mum was something I had to have faith that God would actually do or prepare my heart for that um, not to happen. Um, And in the first trimester, um, when we were told, or I was told by a phone call that I was pregnant, um, instead of it being exciting, the second she said that, she goes, oh, but expect to miscarry any day. Um, and so, yeah, the HCG levels weren't growing as they should. And so for several weeks, we just prayed um, in faith that, you know, God would save our child. And um, anyway, um, after like six or seven weeks, those, um, those levels rose. And the nurse said to me, oh, I haven't seen that in 20 years. Aren't you clever? I was like, actually, God's clever. Um, And then in the second trimester, again, just choosing faith over fear. Uh, We were told our baby had to die countless times. And um, I just remember distinctly after another morbid pressure of being told again, there was no hope, I was in danger. And yet we just chose to have faith no matter the outcome. And then after that, um, having given birth to Harry, uh, just fear would clutch my heart like every day, like walking into that hospital and what am I going to discover or ringing up at 3 a.m. And um, a pastoral worker asked, you know, how are you going? And I said, oh, I'm choosing faith um, over fear. And um, Max Licato, who's a favourite Christian author of mine, he says, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. So I think motherhood requires faith. And although there's a lot of anxiety, I just try to keep placing that in God's capable hands. Wow, thanks. And you've been on an incredible journey with your baby and and with you and Robin. Just thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And please, if you haven't heard her story that she shared a few weeks ago, they have an incredible journey um, of how uh, Harry came about. Uh, Right, Mandy, back to you. So, Mandy, how do you see God impacting your relationship with others as you connect with them? So, I think... um God has given me this, uh, I guess, heart for other women um, and parents, I guess, um, who are struggling to become pregnant or um, who are yeah, struggling with motherhood and their journey to motherhood as well. Um, we lost a couple of babies before Ellie came along. Um, and so he's, I guess, this story and moving through that and he's given me such a supportive network of people Um, for me to grow and then to be able to share my story and then also help others through that story as well. Mm. I remember just uh, we we lost a baby just before Kyra was born and and the hardship and the trials and the heartache um, experiencing that was really difficult and and just feeling this sense of loss, uh, deep loss and and how God just brought uh, himself to us was just incredible and the people around our church community stepped in and and my school community stepped into that space as well too and the conversations that God brought about because of that miscarriage was just incredible a real testament to him Marilyn what about yourself as mothers we are created for his purpose uh, to use to be used as an example and Peter tells us in Peter 1 2 to live properly amongst our neighbours so that we can be, our, our behaviour can be seen as worthy of God. His word can guide us to love and respect others through deepening our relationship with him. Then we can, as mothers, better care for those around us. Um, 
it's, it's so important to, to pray daily. He's always there to listen to us. Jesus tells us to love one another as I have loved you and as mothers, this is the most important thing, the example that we set with our neighbourhood, with our friends, our children and their, their friends. Thank you, absolutely. Love that. Emma? I think mine's quite similar um, to some things that have already been said. I, I think mums connect um, through their stories of what they've been through. Um, and I think God um, weaves things into your story to enable you to connect with other mums or just other people in general. Um, and some of the hardest experiences that I've been through as a mum um, has enabled really special moments of connection um, and often with other mums that I've met a lot later on or other mums that have been kind of sent my way to have a chat with me because they've heard that it's a similar story. Um, so I actually have had people say, would you mind if I get a friend of mine to call you um, and talk about the experience um, of what happened um, because their story is similar to your story and it's sort of a rare situation, but, um, yeah, it would be good to chat. So I think through our stories. Mm, definitely stories are so powerful. Catherine, what about yourself? Yeah, um, yeah, similar. I think, you know, I'm in a totally different context after being, you know, in a classroom um, for nine years. I'm discovering what that looks like on a, you know, new level. Um, and I think, yeah, just sharing your faith authentically and openly and not editing it out in your conversation um, is like what I have found helpful. And I think that God can use you if you're willing, even at your lowest point. And I just have a few examples I'd like to share. Um, during one of my hospital admissions, which was one of my greatest fears um, being there, um, yeah, they couldn't really do much for me. It was just unhelpful given the uncertainty of the pregnancy. Uh, yeah, just magnified, polarised all my fears. And I was in a room um, with another woman and we could both hear everything each other said. And I remember her like whispering like um, to the guy, to her partner, like, oh, what we'll call it. And they'll write it down so I wouldn't hear um, what they're going to call their child. And, and in turn, she heard me on my small group, you know, praying, doing a Bible study. But she also heard me crying and um, like, you know, freaking out. And I thought she's going to think I'm a raving lunatic. And... Um, <laughs> I was just really withdrawn and consumed like with my problem and I did not want to engage with her at all. But uh, we met at the sink and I was like, all right, I can do this. So I was like, you know, g'day, blah, blah, blah. And um, anyway, we had a chat and I was able to share um, my, you know, a little bit of my journey and my faith. And she's like, said to me, oh, you're just so amazingly positive. And the midwife went past and she's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it because I was like a basket case I felt. But um, we don't need to be perfect. God uses us in our brokenness if we can be authentic. And I think that God uh, does the rest. Um, another time I was being um, prepped for labour after a huge blood loss and an ambulance ride and I was watching church online um, with Rob on our iPad and a nurse wanted to know, she's like, oh, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, you know, a church service. Then she's like, oh, what's it about? And, you know, my head was spinning. I'd just been drugged up with all this stuff and I just read the title. I was like, that'll do. Um, which was uh, Living Now for Eternity. And she's like, what does that mean? Um, so, um, I was able to share with her how to get to heaven, um, and even though I was at my worst, God can salvage, um, that brokenness. I have no words. 
That's amazing. Just that opportunity that you've been given in through the hardship and the pain that you experienced, that God still used each of those moments. Ah, I'm a bit teary. That's awesome. Um, is there a Bible verse uh, that has got you through or inspired you, Mandy? Um, I think something, and this is probably more of a lifelong Bible verse that stuck with me is in Philippians. It's about um, not being anxious and giving all your requests to God. Um, the reason why is obviously, like, I, I was quite anxious during the pregnancy after the two miscarriages. Um, I was just worried the whole time about losing Ellie. And then when she was here, it was more of a case of, you know, is she breathing when she's <laughs> asleep? Why isn't she sleeping? Um, you know, it's time for you to eat. Why aren't you drinking enough? So just ongoing mother fears. Yeah. And now I've learned that that's going to last for 50 plus more years. <laughs> so great. <laughs> um, hopefully this Bible verse will stick with me for 50 plus more years. I love it. And it's the, it's the mothers also and the aunties and the grandparents that have gone before. And I do want to, there's a few aunties in here as well too um, that I want to acknowledge. Just the, the role that you play as aunties, I know that I, me as an auntie, I just love being an auntie to my nieces and nephews. My sister's got five and the other sister's got four kids. And that sense of nurture and care um, to those children is really quite profound as well too. So those uh, those of you that are aunties or ha haven't got kids, your role with other ki people's kids is really, really important. I just want to add to that. Uh, on going to that, um, we've got a small group of friends, so some of them don't have kids yet either, um, and they just love on Ellie and just watching them bond with Ellie and, you know, entertaining her and keeping her occupied and making her happy when it's almost time for bed because it's small group time. Um, we really appreciate that too. So definitely everyone, whether they have kids or not, is important to Ellie as Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Thank you. Marilyn. Yeah. Uh, the, the verse that I've chosen, it's actually two verses um, from Romans 8. I think it's very familiar to most of us. Um, 38 and 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither the height nor the depth, or anything else in all of creation will be over ever to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It means a lot to me and I've always uh, treasured it. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, well, for me, um, this has already been mentioned in this service once, um, but it's Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Um, so the story that I was alluding to before um, about hardship and um, connecting with other mums over my story, um, we actually lost a child um, really suddenly and in a very unexplained way um, in the safest stage of pregnancy. Um, so it technically wasn't a miscarriage. Um, and that verse really had a whole um, another layer of meaning um, during that stage and since, because it talks about um, our frames not being hidden from God when they're in the secret place in that translation. Um, and I guess hidden in the grief and everything that happened during that time, 
um, it was actually a privilege because we got to actually see what a child is like when they're in that stage, um, in that secret place, um, and the detail and intricacy of the creation of a child um, at that stage um, that we got to see and hold um, is just unfathomable. Um, and so I think that verse really had extra meaning for me during that time. But going on, it also means that um, if God is in charge of a child that is so um, fragile and tiny um, at that stage, then how much more is he caring for us? Um, and for my children um, that I have that are now six foot whatever, um, <laughs> who are not so delicate and fragile. Um, yeah, so it just really speaks to me on a different level of just how loving God is um, and how incredible. Yeah, thank you, Emma. And I think, you know, we, um, we used to be part of a small church in Newport and each of the congregation members knew our children, especially ours, because they used to come in after communion um, after the first two weeks, they used to come and just eat the bread off the table. And it was the, like, you know, it's not the done thing. And we didn't see them doing it because we were off chatting. And one of the ladies came up to me and she said, oh, Solari, that he's, Tarquin's eating the bread off the table. <laughs> and they were big chunks. So they were just walking around, you know, chewing these big chunks of bread. Um, but the most interesting part was, you know, obviously we told them off and, and said, hey, guys, you know, maybe don't do that. The bread goes to the kitchen and then it gets distributed. And, uh, but the funny part was he, she built this incredible relationship with my children after that because we taught our kids to go up to talk to her and to the other congregation members. And, uh, and one of the most important things is for kids to feel that they belong in our church and that sense of our kids connecting with you. So not just mine, but any child that walks through, make sure you say, hey, how was your day this today? Or for you to, to step out and, and they'll, you'll watch the surprise for some of their faces. Oh, they want to know who I am. And them, you remembering their name each week. Hey, Declan. Hey, John. Hey. And it's you remembering them. And that's where the intergenerational aspect of learning them, helping them feel that this is their home it's so important and I loved also being a teacher I used to remember everyone's names all the time now I'm getting old it's gone that little superpower that I had so I've what was your name again sweetheart um, but each week take it time to say hello or high five a kid or fist bump them or if you're germ phobic just go hi um, and ask them how their week has been and notice that relationship starting to form Catherine what about yourself um, yeah, there's been a few Bible verses that has um, yeah helped me get through. Um, uh, back last year, and I guess it was around April or May, um, a Bible verse during a devotion at school, during staff devotion, spoke to me um, during my early pregnancy when things were uncertainty, which is uh, uncertain, which is Ecclesiastes three eleven. He has made everything beautiful in his time. And it wasn't our timing. Uh, get, getting pregnant took years. Staying pregnant was a huge hurdle. And I think that um, motherhood is realising like everything in life that we have zero control. And yet we can put our faith in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, because like Corrie Ten Boom says, we can trust an unknown future to a known God. Um, and fear comes knocking at our door or a sense of complacency that we're the ones holding it together, but it's actually God um, when we allow his Holy Spirit to help us. Um, 
Noah and the ark, which is kind of random, I know, uh, Genesis 6 to 9, um, was super, super uh, meaningful to me. Um, yeah, during my pregnancy, I heard a song called Build a Boat by Colton Dixon, and it's based on the story of Noah, and he was asked to build an ark despite never being any rain, no bodies of water. Um, and I'll just share a few lyrics from that. It says, you bring dry bones to life, Build a boat where they say it won't rain. Even though I haven't seen it yet, I'll stand in faith. I'll do whatever it takes. With your wind in my sails, your love never fails. I'll build a boat in the desert place with you by my side. For me, Noah's faith was inspiring. As everyone told him, it was crazy to have faith and follow God. And yet he prepared the ark in faith. And that's what it felt like growing a baby that every medical professional bar one had said would fail. Um, for me, getting rooms ready, uh, Harry's room ready during that time and throwing away the box that held the pram, which meant no refund, were all outward signs that I was going to trust him and build that proverbial ark. Um, and then lastly, another verse I wanted to share was, I distinctly remember being harassed by an obstetrician who relentlessly badgered me um, about termination and was giving me really firm words with no hope um, for Harry's life. And a phrase like really loud and audible was just like, but God. And um, I, it was just like, no, but God. And in Psalm eighteen twenty nine, it says, but with God, I can run at a troop of warriors. With God, I can leap over a wall and it may look hopeless to those who don't factor in the power of our mighty God but with him all things are possible. Absolutely thank you so much. Now coming to our last question what are you currently loving about being a mum? Um, I love watching Ellie learn new things. Um, she loves to press on the dishwasher button uh, we got a car for a, a toy car yesterday and she loves to press the on button um, and she just loves to learn new things. She's so curious um, and I also love watching her little personality come out. She's only one and I know she's an extrovert and she likes all these things and she doesn't like this and um, she loves her grandparents and she loves her cousin Charlie. Like she, It's just fascinating watching someone so little have such a big personality come out already. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you. What about you, Marilyn? What are you loving about being a mum? What I love being about a mum, um, I think it's just watching now as they're matured, they're adults, they've made their lives, they're, they're good, steady, reliable people in life and uh, it's just wonderful watching them and they've brought up their own children to be the same as what they have. Oh, the legacy that's left, I love it. Um, I love seeing their joy um, and excitement over new things and as they get older I like seeing that joy kind of looks like a lot of silliness at times. Um, I love yeah, their humour, their creativity, watching skills develop still. Um, yeah, and just with the silliness, I have this running joke with this colleague at school. I'm also a teacher, um, and we often pull into the school car park at the same time, and she pulls in, and she's got one daughter who's peacefully... They just had this lovely chat on the way to school, and there's me pulling up with three boys. Ah! <laughs> um, but one of them's here listening to this. Don't listen, close your ears. Um, I secretly wouldn't swap it for anything, so it's fun. 
Uh, look, I just love the sleep-ins. I just... Uh, <laughs> I honestly just quietly thought it would be like being semi-retired. I was like, I can't wait. It's not. It's, it's really not. Um, but I think what I love is he's just so freaking cute. Um, he smiles and he laughs and he's like my little best friend. Um, I miss him when he sleeps, but he doesn't give me much opportunity to miss him. Um... But I think, you know, Harry's strength and fortitude is remarkable and inspiring. The strength of him and all, and all the premature babies and what he and others have endured is just amazing. Like, he's fearless. He's just a constant reminder to me of God's goodness and the importance of protecting the unborn and those who can't advocate for themselves. And it's just also shown me a greater way um, what our Father God's love is like in that sense for me as I've become a parent. That's great. Love that. And for me, what I love about being a mum is the joy. I love that word of, of uh, spending time with them. And today we're going to be, I, I, Pete's asked me, you know, what would you like to do for Mother's Day? I said, I want to go four-wheel driving. <laughs> um, I'm a bit of an adventure mum, if you can put me into a box. Like, and I just love going for hikes and being out in nature. So that's our plan for this afternoon. And we're heading out with my dad um, out to Mount Lofty, which is, you know, if you want to join us, um, we're out heading out there. But it's one of those things that spending time with them, playing games with them and seeing them grow. And I just remember moments when they first saw, I love it, you said, you know, there's joy in the little moments when they first went on an escalator or the first time they pressed a button on an elevator and they went up and that feeling in their stomach, uh, the wonder and joy that we see in our kids' lives is just incredible. And um, Marilyn, I love that there's that legacy also that you've left in your kids' lives that now they are doing that with their own children and the values, uh, the way that you have done life with your children and each of you, that's what's going to be going through as we, as we watch. Um, and you will watch our kids growing up and, and you know, you'll, you'll be there as a congregation to nurture those that you don't know as well too and you, as you come and say hello. Um, let me pray for you and can I invite, please, before we pray, can I please invite Sam and Liam to come and, and give these mums uh, a little gift to say thank you. Can I please get you to give them a big round of applause as they thank you for sharing for your, your things and I'll, and I'll pray for you before we go. Thanks, Liam and Sam. Thank you. This is Emma's Liam. He's very tall. <laughs> He's been turned off, but yep. The leader of the silly ones. <laughs> He's the leader of the silly ones. Please let's stand and we pray for you, lovely ladies. We'll get you to join up, join together. Please stand with us as we pray. Lord, we just want to thank you so much for the stories of these mums, these stories that uh, they have shared from their hearts in their vulnerability as well. Lord, we thank you for the verses that have permeated each of their lives. We thank you for the role model that they have been and that they are and continue to be. We thank you for this incredible congregation that's sitting here listening and hearing, each with their own stories each with their own verses that have held them steadfast, each with experiences, both hard and good. 
Lord, we take a moment now to acknowledge you. To acknowledge you in all you do for us. As you guide us. As you lead us. We thank you, God, for who you are. We love you. Amen. Thank you, Lee, for the four glasses of water. We drank them. <laughs> They're still here. Got a few props here for you today to what to look at. Um, I'm just moving your glasses over here. Right. This morning, I want to ask you, are you a carrot? Are you Are you an egg? Or are you a coffee bean? Cooking with my mum. Mum hated cooking. <laughs> but she was this incredible cook. Now, hopefully there's some photos of my mum that's coming up now. She loved gardening, absolutely loved gardening. She loved sewing, decorating, painting, and making beautiful flower arrangements. And also she was generous with her time and money. She loved others deeply. If you knew my mum, she loved you. And she shared her faith, her love, her wise words of wisdom, always, she was always giving her wise words, Solari, you need to listen to this. And it was always these wise words. We, as sisters, we always laughed about mum's wise words of wisdom. And she loved her friends and her family. She made us laugh. She was cheeky and seemed to always cheat on every single card game we played. Every time, every time. There is photos of her cheating on card games even till the time that she sat in her hospital bed. She used to play you know with the kids. She played Snap, the funniest game of Snap you've ever seen because she would look at it and then put it down. And the kids, there was uproar. They called her Archie. Archie, you can't, you can't look at the cars. No, I can do whatever I like. <laughs> it was mum's rules. She was so cheeky, but she got away with it because they loved her. It was just a lot of fun. I do miss my mum. She passed away in 2019. Sometimes it feels like yesterday. When things were hard, she would always remind me to pray and seek God and ask him for guidance. I like how Catherine shared that it was a, a staff devotion that um, inspired her at one point. And this uh, sermon today is inspired to you by... Katrina, one of the girls from our, um, our staff team, who shared this similar story. She shared this, and Reg Wright had previously written this, um, and she shared this story of a young woman who went to her mother and told her about life and how things were so hard for her. She did not know how she was going to make it, and she wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling, and it seemed as one problem was solved, a new one arose. 
So her mum took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water. One, two, and three. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second, she placed eggs. Don't break. These are chicken's eggs. You can tell they're dirty. We've got two left, Tom. Two. Two out of five. And in the third, she placed some coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. 20 minutes later, she turned off the burners and she fished the carrots out and placed them in a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then she poured the coffee into a cup. My favourite mug. (laughs) Natasha made this. And she poured the coffee into this mug. It's too crowded up here, Pete. Naaman told me the table was going to be so small. Right. This smells delightful, by the way. Anyone can have this afterwards. It'll be a bit cold. Mm. Just a moment. Good. Good coffee. Thanks, Pete. She turned to her daughter and she said... Tell me what you see. Her daughter said, carrots, egg and coffee. She brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did and noticed that they were soft. Then she asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, she asked her to sip the coffee. That's my cue. The daughter smiled as she tasted the rich aroma. What's the point, Mum? Her mum explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water. But each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong and hard and unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. But then after being through that boiling water, its inside had become hardened. But the ground coffee beans were unique. After they had been in boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you, said the mother. When adversity, trials and hard things come knocking at your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot? Are you an egg? Or a coffee bean? I got to thinking about this story and thought, which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong but with pain, adversity and adversity? Do I wilt and become soft and lose my strength? Yep, sometimes. Am I the egg that starts with that malleable, soft heart but after the heat comes, 
after maybe a death or a breakup or a friendship bump, a bad mark on our assessment for a test or, a, or an assignment, a financial hardship or some other trial, have I become hardened and stiff? Does my shell still look the same? But on the inside, I'm bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart. Sometimes. Or am I like the coffee bean? The bean actually changes in the hot water. The very circumstances that bring that pain, it changed. Those beans went in, the ground coffee went in, and it changed the water. When the water got hot, it released the fragrance and flavour. And if you're like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and change the situation around you. <laughs> when the hours are the darkest and trials are greatest, how do we handle adversity? In what situations have you reacted like a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean. There is no question about the fact that we all experience trials and tests in our Christian life. How we deal with those trials and tests is important. Maintaining our perspective on things helps us overcome adversity, even if we struggle. We all have different personalities, temperaments, our backgrounds and, and experiences are different. And we deal with things differently and trials differently. Philippians 4, I love that you shared this earlier, um, Mandy. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This is what you shared. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admir ad admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, says Jesus. And the God of peace will be with you. But there's one thing missing in this story of the carrot, the egg and the coffee bean. There's no mention of the cook. That cook standing in the kitchen watching the water boil. That cook is our saviour, Jesus Christ. Yes, there will be heat that comes in trials. Jesus knows when the heat is becoming too much. It will be uncomfortable. But he is faithful. And he will not allow us to be tried beyond our ability to endure it. Sometimes we might think that he has forgotten. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. 
Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. It reminds us that God is intimately involved in our lives and he will never leave us. He will never leave us. He is with us each step of the way. His timing is perfect. He is the one that helps us to resolve our difficulties and trials. Our good Father will not allow the water to boil endlessly so that we are destroyed to the point of discouragement and we give up. The cook, Jesus, he carefully monitors our progress in dealing with trials and tests. 1 Peter 5.10 says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little, After you've suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. What an encouragement. So wherever you go and whatever you do, remember that we are that coffee bean. Or we should try to be like the coffee bean. We have the power of Jesus to transform any environment that we're in. He will strengthen us and place us on that firm foundation. No matter how hard things get or how hopeless things look, don't give up. Don't give up. Realise that we don't create our world from outside in. Jesus helps us to mould and transform us from the inside out. Just like that coffee bean. Romans 12.2 says, I, and I love the message version of this. I'm not sure if you've come across this. We were in our connect group last night and we were having a bit of a laugh about the different versions. We were reading Samuel and, and the message had some really wonderful words of how uh, the everyday English language came through. So this is what Romans 2 says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out and readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. If we think we're like a carrot, if we think or react like a carrot, we will believe the power and forces outside are way more powerful than who we are on the inside and we will become weaker. If we think and react like an egg, we will believe the negativity in the world and the power that has to harden our hearts and cause us to become negative in the world. 
and like the world. But we know that we are at that coffee bean and can react like the coffee bean. We will not allow the outside world to impact us. We will know that the power of Jesus is inside us and is greater than the forces outside us. And with this insight, Jesus will help us to transform our everyday, ordinary life. Our sleeping, eating, going to work life. He will help transform our spending time with friends' life, our going to uni, going to school, our walking around life and transform our world from the inside out like that aromatic coffee bean. Can I encourage us today to lean into him and readily recognise what he wants from us and quickly respond to it. Read that Bible that's been sitting on your shelf. Jump on your Bible app and do that devotional reading that you've been meaning to do. Pray. Find time to connect. Connect in nature like we are doing today. Find ways that you connect with God and make it happen. God will bring the best out of us and develop well-formed maturity in us, like the verse says. So next time you're in that kitchen, or you're in a cafe, or a canteen, or a restaurant, or you're even maybe preparing to cook those carrots, or maybe bringing some coffee to the boil, or drinking a cup of coffee, and for those of you that don't drink coffee, which use hot chocolate in there, remember, or tea, The true cook, Jesus Christ, is in that kitchen. He will transform us from the inside out. Let's choose to be like the coffee bean. Let's choose to react like the coffee bean and change the circumstances and be that change and drink that coffee. Let's pray. Lord, as we come now to hear from you, in this time you have given us some words, Lord. What does it mean to react like the coffee bean? Those moments when our hearts are hard like the egg. Those moments where we become soft and weak. Will you stand with us, Lord? Will you stand strong with us? Remind us not to be anxious, Lord. Remind us to lean into you. Transform us from the inside out, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.